podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Dennis C.D. Carter the Eighth. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Not much. I, the eighth. That's a that's a lot of bragging about your ancestors having had sex. Yeah, uh, right. I uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I I have recovered from being owned online by Mitchell J Trubisky the ninth. That was crazy, man. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, it, it's it was it was really frustrating because you know we had we had a list of like nine guys last week at quarterback because it was such a good quarterback streaming week. Yeah, and in Trubisky in a normal week. Maybe not. Maybe wouldn't have been like a main streamer for us, but he would have definitely been, you know, a secondary guy that we would have talked about because the yep. matchup is there. The Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay as a matchup is is probably the best matchup that you can find because it's similar to Philadelphia where you get that funnel defense where you they're they're decent enough at stopping the run, but their secondary is horrific. Whereas Philadelphia is the same way, but they're just better defensively. But with with Tampa Bay, I mean, they're just so bad in the secondary that mm-hmm. it's such a good matchup. But I don't think that anyone really saw you know. You know you can say, yeah, maybe Mitch Trubisky walks into two or three touchdowns, but six? No, yeah, I mean it's it's ludicrous that that it happened. I'm I'll never get over it. But I, I will say that a I was forced into starting him and Scott Fishbowl, so you know I have that going for me. But nice. and and also um, we didn't mention Case Keenum last week in part because the the matchup was there, but he has been really really yeah. bad and he's been, he's and been horrible. Some you know sometimes. You have to you have to balance that. You can't just say, you know, quarterback A has good matchup, therefore you stream him over everybody. You know, it it you know if it worked like that, then the the show probably wouldn't be necessary, and it's so necessary. You know, everybody. This is the most necessary fantasy football podcast on the internet <laughs> right now. Uh, I I did we did send a tweet out uh, on the LTS account actually specifically about Case Keenum saying that we didn't mention him even though his matchup's great. We didn't mention him because he's not. There's no reason to play Case Keenum last week. Like there right. just there wasn't any reason. Uh, there, there were just so many good quarterback plays that you just didn't feel like you you needed to force that in. Right. Exactly. Um, and uh, it, with with that, I will uh, roughly transition into something that we were talking about before the show, which is the um, discussion of regression especially early in the season i know we're 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 in week five now so it's not exactly super early but uh lots of regression talk on the tl and you were talking mentioning to me and i think you made a really great point about a common misunderstanding of you know what regression is and 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 how it plays into fantasy football decisions yeah it's the it's really the gambler's fallacy where you know something's happening over and over again you know like if you flip a coin 10 times and the first nine times you flip that coin you get tails you assume you know the gambler's fallacy says that you would assume that you're going to get heads next just to kind of equal things out essentially um but that's not really the case there's still 50 50 shot that you're going to get tails right um and that's similar to how a lot of people view regression in fantasy football is that they they look at it as an overcorrection as opposed to what regression actually is, which is then reverting back to playing at your mean. So Patrick Mahomes, for example, you know, he has 10 touchdowns for the first or however many touchdowns for the first three games. Um, you know, he does what he does, what, what, what he did against Denver on Monday night. Patrick Mahomes moving forward. So after the how many touchdowns did he have after the first three games? Thir- 13. Okay. So he's 13 touchdowns over the first three games of the season that pace is not going to be maintained throughout the rest of the season. We all know that. But that doesn't mean that Patrick Mahomes is going to play under a particular rate from here on out to overcorrect for what he did at the beginning of the season. You know, Calvin Ridley is another great example. Calvin Ridley has six touchdowns for the first four games of the season. So when I go out on 15 transactions and I say, hey, sell Calvin Ridley, what I'm saying is he's not going to maintain a sixth you know, he has six touchdowns on like 21 targets. He's, he's averaging a touchdown on every three and a half targets right now. Um, that's not gonna, He's not going to maintain that. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that Calvin Ridley is going to score zero touchdowns from here on out 
because yeah. his target share and what he's producing from a yardage standpoint says that he's already maxed out his touchdowns. That's not how it works. Right, right. So so with Mahomes, I think Mahomes is a great example. Uh, if if the consensus projection on Mahomes going into the year had him say, just say, you know, throwing 28 touchdown passes and he throws 13 through three games, that doesn't mean that he's only going to get, you know, that, that you can expect only 15 for the right. final 13 games of the season. Right. I think a lot of people often misunderstand that. They misunderstand things from like a, as being an overcorrection. Um, but, you know, at the same time, whenever you, you know, if I in the report that I do every week that, that call them on number fire, I, I, I thank you. I list out uh, in, in a table uh, running backs and wide receivers who are overperforming and underperforming in the touchdown column based on their yardage totals because yards do correlate to touchdowns, obviously, because you need yards to, in order to score unless you're Julio Jones. So but the, the, the correlation is there. So, you know, if a, if a running back, you know, a running back will score a rushing touchdown on say every 166 yards, or at least that's what it's been over the last like seven years. It's something like that. I don't, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but when I'm doing these, when I'm, when I'm looking at these charts and I see, you know, last week I looked at it and Brandon cooks was the number one guy in terms of should have more touchdowns because he's had a lot of yards but he, but he hasn't had a lot of touchdowns, or he hasn't, he hasn't caught a lot of, uh, of touchdowns. So when, when I look at that, and then Brandon Cook scores the next week, that's not me uh, saying, hey, look, he's going to revert back. Now he's just going to score all these touchdowns. That's just us saying, hey, look, Brandon Cooks hasn't been doing very well in the touchdown column to start the season. Now he's, he's, he's scoring at a normal rate, as he should, given all of these yards that he's accumulating. And by the way, the Rams offense, I mean, have my, have my children, Sean McVay. <laughs> wow, that 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 took that took a turn. I, I thought it was going to be like, you know, we're back to the greatest show on turf. But no, you went straight for I want to have babies with the coach of the Rams. That's I good. mean, dude, that offense is out of control. Good. Like it is. It, it's a combination. Like, I, I hate the extremes that you have to take where it's like, you know, if you hint at the fact that Jared Goff has a lot of help, then you think Jared Goff is bad. Or if, you know, if you do the opposite, then that, that holds true too. Like Jared Goff was throwing dimes, but then he's oh, throwing, yeah. but then he's throwing dimes in an offense that's unbelievably creative. That's, that's utilizing their weapons perfectly. I mean, he's throwing out all three of those wide receivers on literally every snap. It, it's like, it, it's, it's so yeah. obvious to most people and teams. It's like, okay, throw your best guys out on the field, but he just does it in such an intelligent way. I, yes, it is. It is super, super smart. I think the, the, the Rams and the chiefs run the two smartest offenses in the, yeah. in the league. I mean, you Andy, Andy Reid is so underrated too. Yeah. You could tell that they, that defenses just don't know how, how to stop them. Like the, they try different things and they don't, Stop them. I just want to take a moment here for the LTS folks. If you hear background noise on my end, I'm sorry. The the kids are rampaging upstairs. I'm in the basement. There's literally nowhere else I can go unless I dig a hole in my basement floor and go under. So I'm sorry about that. Yeah, and then and then you're just gonna hear noises of Denny digging digging a hole yeah. in his basement floor, so he can't can't deal and with that. You don't want that, right? Well, <clears> the <throat> reason the reason you brought up too the regression thing is because of Hugh Jackson and what he said, right? This week after after oh, the yeah. game. Yes, right. He didn't go for fourth and one in a in a late uh, second half play. I think it was in the fourth quarter against the Raiders. Uh, and he said, he told the press, I didn't go for it because I felt like we were pushing our luck, which is the definition of the gambler's fallacy. And it is another reason why Hugh Jackson is among, if not the worst NFL coach in history. Yeah, that team could be 4-0 right now. Yeah, they should be four and zero. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They should be four and zero right now. They're, they're, I think the, the Mike Clay has to be tilting his face off because he was easily, easily highest on the Browns of all big, bigger media people out there. Like, I mean, talking about them making the playoffs right. and all. Like, if they're four and zero right now, they've probably got like an eighty-five to ninety percent chance to make the playoffs. Wasn't there uh, over under for wins five? Yeah, something like that. It, it was it four was, or five. It was and, low, yeah. yeah. And, and and so you could be feeling pretty good right now if if they had if they had just operated like a professional team, they would be four four and oh yeah. right now. It's amazing. I mean and look, they, they last season they should have been like a three win team and they won zero and everyone everyone's like, Oh, Sashi's the worst, Sashi's the 
I, the Sashi thing also is is making me really angry too. Yeah. He was a GM. I mean, we talked about this like a thousand times in this podcast. But he's a GM for a year and a half. Okay, <laughs> the Browns were perennial losers, and then all of a sudden, the Browns have this all, all, all this life, and Browns fans are excited. What? Why do you guys think this is happening? Right? It's, it's because Sashi died. He he died. Sashi died. So for this. this, yeah, for this, <laughs> that this is why it's happening. It's just, it's crazy that these Browns fans are still like, oh, Sashi sucks. We only won one game over the last two years. Well, number one, you should have won more if your head coach wasn't a bozo. Yeah. Number, bo- this, is a, this is a family show. That's why it, I use, use words like bozo. Right? It's extremely family. Yes. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so Hugh Jackson's a bozo. That, that's the first thing. The second thing, who cares? It, like, what's the difference between winning one game in two years as opposed to six games in two years? Who, yes, who cares? I mean, there's a case for tanking. We, we won't get into that. But, but, but yeah, I mean, if you, would you feel better as a Browns fan if they had won seven games over two years rather than the one? <laughs> Right, like, grats, guys, grats. You li- <laughs> you literally are living the same life. I mean, maybe you wish they would have won one last year just so that you're not a completely winless yeah. team and you just feel better about your squad. Yeah. But, I mean, even still, who cares? Because we're going to always look back at that 0-16 season and we're going to say, Sashi, this is, this is Sashi's work. It it is, and it was a beautiful uh, 0-16 season, if if there ever was one. Uh, and, and also, Sashi would have never given away Josh Gordon, uh, uh, even even though Josh Gordon what faked an injury to get traded to the Patriots, which is genius. I have to yeah, actually I mean, give, give give it to him. But Sashi would have never done that, and I'm so so disappointed in in the team. I'm pretty obsessed with Baker Mayfield, though. He what's your t- yeah? What is your take on Baker Mayfield? Because I feel like he's not really like the Denny Carter type quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he seems I if he's let off the leash, I think that he could be really good. Like, I mean, for fantasy purposes, I think he could be extremely productive. He's been he was extremely productive in college, so I mean that that's always a tip off. But 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 if they if they try to run some sort of balanced offense. Uh, and and put the handcuffs on him, uh, then uh, I don't think I don't think that he would perform well with handcuffs on. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, right. You know, you can't put a hand. You put the player needs to be free of the handcuffs. I'm I'm sure. li- you know talking literally here. Sure. Um, but uh, uh, I'm I have him in dynasty. If that if that is any indication. Okay. Okay. Of, of how I feel about him. I just think he's. Uh, I mean, I think he, his ball placement has been pretty incredible, but. I also think he's just like really fun. Yeah, he's fun. He's definitely like I, I like I think he's fun as hell, and that to me goes yeah. a long way into like how not not like how I'm gonna recommend players in fantasy football because I care about being right and wrong, but like being fun as like a fan, I give a I give a a, a crap about that. Whoa, whoa, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm not I'm not a bozo. I don't say things like the sh word. <laughs> you hear that, kids? No, there's no reason for that. Yeah, for every robot Russell Wilson, we need a Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Russell Wilson, is he? So I was going through my 15 transactions column. So my process for 15 transactions is every Monday, well Sunday night into Monday, I'm like looking at at data and I'm you know rewatch like rewatching some games. I didn't want to say that out loud, but I'm I'm going through everything <laughs> and like making sure that I you know You're have grinding a good, tape have a good have a good grasp on like what's going on in the league and then I you know I'm looking at the data and then I'll come up with a list of guys and then I'll kind of pluck guys out of that list you know four or 15 transactions this week was really really tough but I was so close to putting drop Russell Wilson on it but I remembered that last year I made the mistake of doing that and he he, it came yeah and then he, he ended up going it was like probably my worst my worst call of, of last season was to drop Russell Wilson after like week four but luckily it was at the quarterback position and that doesn't really matter no it doesn't I think I think people would be okay yeah uh anyway all right let's look at what happened in week four Denny uh we ended up streaming the number one defense in we week did. four Green yeah. Bay uh he they he they had a shutout. They they posted twenty three fantasy points according to the scoring that I use, mm-hmm. um, which is just standard. Uh, so that was really good. Seattle and Arizona. It was kind of a dumb game, which is what we you know low scoring, mm-hmm. stupid game. Uh, Seattle posted four points. They were a normal streamer for us. Arizona was a deeper play. They scored three. Not what you like to see. Uh, usually, you know, if if you're you know you'd want like six to eight as like a as like a a, a floor for your streaming defense, but green Bay made up for it. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I and and the Packers were available. I tweeted about it on on Thursday morning. They were they were still available after waivers process. They were still out there in seventy percent of leagues. I did not understand that. Yeah, the main quarterback plays. We had three of them last week. Andy Dalton just just doing his thing, man. Andy mm. Dalton's awesome. Uh, and his schedule, like we talked, like I talked about last week, his schedule is amazing moving forward. So hopefully you guys pick them up and you can just plug and play them for like five weeks. But Andy Dalton scored twenty five fantasy points. Uh, Baker Mayfield scored 13, not a great outing for him because he kept turning the ball over, but, uh, hopefully, you know, if you're in a league that doesn't really care about turnovers as much, cause the scoring that we use is minus two, uh, per interception. Oof. Oof. So Baker, Baker had 13 fantasy points. Joe Flacco though had 22 fantasy points. I, I won a, a game, uh, a really, I mean, a really important game in one of my leagues, benching my boy babytron for john brown oh, and that was that, that was really the reason that i ended up winning so i was pretty pumped about that um but joe flacco came through so overall where we're at right now we're at about 19 and a half fantasy points still at the quarterback position which is like qb 27 this season you're right right no yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's like a, yeah it's like a qb 10 or so it's not it's not bad but uh you know like like we said last week hopefully things you know will regress in within <laughs> within particular quarterbacks scoring you know what i mean like yeah as long as you know there there can be big performances but if they come from players who uh you know like an aaron Rodgers who's like qb 14 right now and yeah you know and and the good quarterbacks like matt ryan has a bad game which is not going to happen over the next two weeks but as long as those kind of things happen then then the streaming average will just rise so i actually feel pretty decent about where we're at with the quarterback right now i mean you know, look where Brady is. Like people were going in. on Yeah, I mean, look, late, look at the very late, like late round quarterback is destroying this season. Yes, it, it's right. an it's annihilating souls this season. Right. I mean, if you picked Andy Dalton in the final round, you have a a potential top five quarterback on the season. Right. I mean, like, like it's it's absurd. Like I can't even fathom an argument to say you should draft quarterbacks early at this point. Oh, you want to get a, there you, always is there always is. You <laughs> want to get a quarterback late. You want that quarterback to hit. You want him to be plug and play. And if he's not, you stream. That's our philosophy. Right. Uh, the other two deep streamers at quarterback, Denny and I fought over on last week's podcast. Uh, he had Ryan Tannehill who uh, who posted a, a nice little goose egg. And then Eli Manning had 14.7 points. So I'm going to take that. I'm going to I'm going to hand you that L Denny. I, you know, I was really frustrated. I was, uh, I, I was hurt by that garbage time production from Eli because before that he had like, what, like eight points or seven points. Uh, yeah. He had that early touchdown to, to Sterling Shepard, which was awesome. Cause I mean, Sterling Shepard was a, a guy that a lot of people yeah. were on this past week, but, but from there it was just like, what, what is going on? And I just thought, I thought, Oh God, yes, we're, we're both going to be wrong. Like we, <laughs> like we fought over this Tannehill Eli thing and they're both terrible and I'm going to be right. But no, he ends up with 14 and, and uh, Tannehill, he scores zero. Can I ask you something? Was he, was he benched at some point? Yeah, Brock Osweiler came in at the end of the game. And Brock Osweiler threw a touchdown to Frank Gore. Which oh, <laughs> like, what what is that what is that sentence? Brock Osweiler threw a touchdown to Frank Gore. Yeah. Like, what, what is going on? That that hey. whole my that Miami is such a fraud. Like so, the, the, their yeah. their three and start was so fraudulent. And in the Dolphins fans in my mentions, when I even had entertained the thought that they had an average defense. Like it's just guys, they, quit, quit this, quit it, just stop. They, they stink. They stink. It's good to know that they still stink. And I actually saw a Dolphins fan after the after week three. He tweeted, uh, uh, "You know, I don't expect to go up to New England and win, but not losing thirty eight to seven would be nice." <laughs> <laughs> and then they lost thirty eight to seven. <laughs> oh man. At tight end, it was a pretty bad week. Um, Austin Hooper had two point nine points, and Ben Watson, who almost had a touchdown, uh, he, he had he had three point three points. So it was a it was a bad tight end week. But I don't honestly, dude, I don't even care about tight end anymore because we were on Jared Cook. Yeah. we were we were on Vance McDonald. Like right. there 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 are we we were we did our our fair share with tight ends. Yeah, you should be good. You should be good at tight end, and, and if you were you know listening in in August, you know yeah. So. Yeah. The Jared Cook thing is is fantastic. Oh my god. When I sent that tweet out uh, watching the game on Monday night, uh, uh that that uh, it just said Travis Kelsey wishes he was yeah. Jared Cook. Oh. 
and then obviously like a clear joke, you guys, like just the most obvious joke on the planet. Okay. And I wake up this morning yeah. after, you know, I watched the game, I watched the comeback and it was awesome. Pat Mahomes, the goat. And, and I wake up this morning <laughs> and there are people in my mentions like, like, yeah, good call. And like, just saying like, oh, like how, how are yeah. people this bad at picking up sarcasm? They, well, because you have such a large audience and, and so there's going to be a lot of dummies, uh, you know, I mean, if we're going to be honest about it, but here's the thing. I love, I love that people out there are triggered by Jared Cook's success. Yeah, I do too. I, I mean, too. this is the best thing. My brand is on fire with, <laughs> yeah, right. with, with people, not just with his success, but with people being tilted over it. But people being like, no, no, Jared Cook stinks. I don't care. He's just getting targets. Well, that's the whole point. That's the whole <laughs> point. Right. That's, that's know, exactly what we, it's about. We we said early in the season he's going to see a lot of targets. He's seen a lot of targets, and it turns out that's the only thing that matters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love the Jared Cook thing. It's also I was looking at our banner again. We talked about the banner on our on our Twitter page. I think we talked about it last week or two weeks ago. But you have Jared Cook in a Rams uniform. I know. And and Ryan Fitzpatrick is like fairly clean cut, which which means you know that it was like earlier on in his career. I'm just I'm just happy that uh John Gruden discovered Jared Cook eight years into his career. Uh when he was watching film, he was like, Oh, this guy Jared, he's 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 fast. He's very <laughs> right. he's fast for a tight end. He's he's also big. Right. You know? Gr- yeah, Gruden was bound to hit on one veteran. I'm just, I'm just glad that it was Jared Cook of all the guys. Um, I by the way, speaking of clean cut Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, I loved the meme that someone sent us a couple weeks ago that showed rookie Fitzpatrick uh, uh, compared to post. Um, yeah, yeah. Cl- wearing wearing the gold game. chain. Yeah. Yeah, the gold chain Fitzpatrick, and it said uh, uh, JJ on late late round pod. <laughs> Compared yeah. to JJ on LTS, <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> it was good, and it's true. You, uh, you, you let your hair down on this one. I do. Well, this is like this is like the actual me. The late round podcast is like I'm being, I'm just like spewing information, being professional, getting it done, letting people, you know, maybe every once in a while get a laugh, but mostly just like get good information to win fantasy football. This one, like, I, I think people. People probably think that that's like me, right? Like there's probably a, a, a large yeah, number of people who sure. think that like I'm like this robotic, like like probably just not very fun person, right? No, I like can the- have fun, guys. I can have fun. Yeah, everybody who listens to this show knows you can have fun. It's um, uh, yeah. I mean, on, on that one, it, you take the talking head approach, you know, where yeah. you 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 say it's like transactional. It's like you've tuned in. I'm going to give you actual information and right. we're done, you know, and I'll, but, and then I'll get, I'll throw a rant in there every once in a while, but it's always, it's always very football related and, and like, you know, some sarcasm at times. Like I had to, last week, last week I did a rant about Rex Burkhead and how people, uh, associate Rex. They say, I didn't draft Rex Burkhead because he's always hurt, but I definitely drafted Sony Michelle. Well, Sony Michelle has like he, a bionic knee, right? I mean, like, <laughs> Like, there's, like, why would you like, what, what kind of association is this? Yeah. So on like during my rant, I said, like, I, I, I threw in some, some jabs. Like I threw in a Twitter handle of cool guy, one, two, three said, blah, blah, blah. Like that kind of stuff happens. But yeah, generally sure. speaking, it's a very like tight, like I'm not making many jokes kind of podcast. You're not, you're not talking about bowel movements. You're not, you're not, no, talking I'm about, not. I'm definitely yeah, you're not. not talking about slamming IPAs, you know, you know, stuff like that. I feel like it's got to be like to someone who only listened to the late round podcast and hasn't listened to living the stream. It's got to be like when, when you're like at a company for a really long time and there's this like accountant or something that uh-huh. has never gone to happy hour with everyone. You know, you've never like experienced this person outside the office and then you go outside, you know, he finally comes out to happy hour and he like, he like <laughs> slams some beers and he's on the dance floor in like an hour and a half. Right. Right. And he's completely, he's just an animal, you know, <laughs> like, an yeah, absolute animal. Right. 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 He's, he's drenched in sweat on the dance. He has his yes. tie around his head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the, he's got the, the, the Ninja Turtle look going on. Yeah. Right. They're like, have you, have you, have you seen Dan from accounting? My God. <laughs> right. Right. That's, that's me with the late round podcast transitioning to living the stream. Right. Yeah. Da- da- yeah. You're Dan from accounting. <laughs> that's, that's basically what it is. Uh, all right, Denny, let's walk into week five. I don't know why walk was the verb. That we really used. 
You should have said danced, like Dan from accounting. <laughs> yeah, we really should have. Uh, let's let's uh, let's dance to week five. I'll start things off with uh, probably the most obvious defensive streamer. It's Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee is going to be in Buffalo. Yeah, that's not great. They're on the road. You like to have have home teams, but the Bills are bad. Uh, they've allowed the most sacks this season. Uh, the Titans then are top ten in sacks, uh, so that's a good matchup there. Josh Allen has now thrown multiple interceptions in two of his three starts. Um, I mean, this is just that's a, it's obvious. They're going to get a lot of sacks, or they have the potential for a lot of sacks. They should get some picks. There's a, a, a low over-under, so there should be a high-ish floor. I mean, Tennessee is a really, really good play. Yeah, yes, definitely. I, uh, I'm i here to dance to the Jets' defense, um, which actually is only 28% of the league. So I know many of you are going to say, not in my <laughs> effing league. I'm, I, I blanked it out. Yeah, way uh, to go, you bozo. <laughs> Uh, but so that's probably leftover ownership from when they played the Browns in week three. I don't know. Anyway, the Jets are at home. They're two and a half point favorites and they're playing the aforementioned Case Keenum, who who in losses over his career has completed only 58 percent of his passes, which is a seven point drop compared to his completion uh, rate in, in wins. Uh, and he has a 17 to 20 touchdown to interception ratio in losses over his career. Uh, Keenum has thrown more picks this season than all but two quarterbacks. And the Jets' defense in their only home game this year against Miami, of course, uh, scored 10 points, 10 fantasy points. So that's to say that if Case Keenum has to take to the air, I think you'll be in a good spot if you deploy the Jets' defense. I agree. And also, if you heard the ice cream truck, it's happening again, folks. It's happening again. (laughs) As I told someone uh, on uh, Twitter the other day, uh, JJ lives in a David Lynch movie. Uh, it's just, it, it's just like perfect suburbia with the, the fricking ice cream truck going around constantly. Oh, it's always going on. Uh, all right. So a quarterback, not as good as last week, I'd say with the quarterback streamers, but I think that there are still, you know, there, there's still three. I have two of them. Denny will talk about one of them. The first one that I'm going to dance to, uh, is Blake Bortles. Who's, who's facing the chiefs. Uh, the chiefs have the third worst schedule adjusted secondary, according to number fires net expected points metric. They haven't been very good through the air or defending the pass. Sure. They just did okay. Well enough against case Keenum, but case Keenum left a lot on the table in that game. Yeah. Uh, he could, he could have had a much better game. Uh, but Blake Bortles, in two of his four games this year, he's had pretty strong outings. He scored 33 and 24 fantasy points. So we've seen somewhat of a ceiling from Blake Bortles. Um, we know the Jags are going to have to keep up a little bit in this game. You know, there, one thing while I was looking at the, the Chiefs defense and this matchup in particular um, that, that I found kind of interesting is that Kansas City has allowed the second most air yards in the league. And usually whenever you allow a lot of air yards or big plays, uh, you don't allow as much yards after the catch. You know, it's the whole... Uh, you know, like mm-hmm. Golden Tate's going to have a lot of yak because Golden Tate's catching the ball close to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Mike Evans doesn't have a lot of yak because it's, he's usually catching the ball down the field. Plus, Mike Evans, apparently, I mean, he he his, he always under, underperforms even given average depth of target in, in yards after the catch. But that's it's, for we'll, we'll save that, that yeah. for I mean, I, I'm, I'm a hater, too. So you are, you're a super, super, super. I, was, like, I totally, I didn't draft Mike Evans anywhere and that's, that's coming back to bite me, but yeah. let's get, let's get back to Bortles. Okay. So they've given up the second most air yards, but the Kansas city defense has also allowed the most yards after the catch, mm. which is just, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of insane. I mean, that, that basically tells you that, I mean, just, just think about this abstractly a little bit. They're basically teams are throwing the ball deep. And there's no one covering these wide receivers. Well, no one tackling them, at least. That's what I mean. mean yeah, yeah there's no, nothing's happening. It, they're, just, it, they're just running. It makes you wonder how a quarterback could score eight fantasy points against them. It does. Like Case Keenum. It, it does. Uh, but I think that the latter point, the, the yards after the catch, is bigger for Blake Bortles because Blake Bortles is actually last in the league in average depth of target right now. Uh, he's, he has not been chucking the ball down the field. Um, so I think that the, the yards after the catch metric is, is pretty important for Bortles, um, because he does have playmakers in that offense, you know, whether it's DD Westbrook, Keelan Cole, Dante Moncrief is pretty, is, is, has been pretty decent. Um, you know, maybe they, they play, uh, their, their third string running back, uh, Leonard Fournette this week. We'll see. Um, but you know, 
if they if they have T.J. Yeldon and Corey Grant, that, those are two two good receiving backs that can do work through the air. I'm also just joking. Please don't hit my mentions about that Leonard Fournette take. And no, uh, hit my mentions with it. <laughs> bring it, bring it to me because I stick with it. They're, that team is no different with or without Fournette. This, this is true. This that is true. That is 100 percent true. No different. I mean, it just doesn't matter at all. I but I won't get bogged down in that. Are are you ready for me to go? Yeah, go ahead. So, so okay. Bortles against Kansas City, it's a pretty obvious play from a streaming perspective. Yeah. Not, not a terrible play because that's right. that's what he's fine. Uh, that's the, I, that's, that's the what's the motto that we always go with? Uh, you you could, you could do worse. You could do a lot worse. Yeah, that's that's which, how I feel about Blake. Which Bortles. is which is how I proposed to my wife. I don't know if you <laughs> if I told you that. Uh, so I I I had to take this bullet for JJ because I couldn't possibly hear him talk about Derek Carr. <laughs> It sucks, man. Derek Carr has been good this year. He's yeah. th- he's third in success rate. He's been good. Uh, yeah, I don't. There's no. There's no getting around it. He's been good. He's had the, the you know game script uh, uh, that's conducive to fa- fantasy points. Anyway, he's at the Chargers. He's owned in twenty percent of leagues. Uh, I know he was probably drafted in the fourth round in your league, but um, uh, so Carr has at least two hundred eighty-eight yards in every game this year. Thanks to you know mostly an an ocean of negative game script, uh, his touchdown rate just just this is a note okay we, I know we talk about regression but I I couldn't help but notice that his touchdown rate this year is three point five percent which is a full point lower than his career mark of four point five uh, for whatever that's worth um, and that's also four and a half is usually about the league average and then obviously we're seeing crazy numbers I haven't checked the league average this year. But I would assume that it's higher than than what we've seen over the last you know half decade or so. Oh yeah, I bet. Uh, thanks, Mahomes. Uh, mm-hmm. Only the Steelers, Saints, and Bucks have allowed more passing scores than the Chargers this year. Uh, they they have a an inexplicably bad secondary. I don't really know what else to say about it. Uh, Chargers allow the tenth most schedule adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks, uh, and at fifty three point five points, this game has the week's second highest over under most importantly though Derek Carr has outscored Tom Brady through four weeks okay boom <laughs> the last guy uh, I'll get to just quickly is Joe Flacco uh, look, he's been producing this year dude I mean he has 15 plus points in every matchup this season um so he he, he has a high floor I mean he's, he's pacing for like 5,000 passing yards too Ooh. um but he's He's second in air yards. He has a pretty good uh, average depth of target, and Cleveland's allowed the 10th most air yards this year. Um, Cleveland's defense isn't bad, but they're coming off a performance where they really looked awful against Derek Carr. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think that Flacco's a, a fine play. I mean, there, there's not much to this. You know, if you if you look at Cleveland week to week, they've been pretty inconsistent defensively. You know, you have a, a game against Pittsburgh where there's a monsoon where you can't yeah. really take a lot from that. And then they look really good against New Orleans in New Orleans. And then they played Sam Darnold. So what do you, you know, in, in, the, in a, a really inexperienced Jets offense. So what do you take from that? And then they get smoked by Derek Carr in that offense last week. So we don't, we don't know. I, I think that there are good pieces in that Cleveland, on that Cleveland defense. But generally speaking, I'm going to side with, you know, what's working offensively over, you know, an average defense. Because they're probably average, maybe a little above average. It's not like they're elite. Uh, so I'm going to side with what's going on offensively with with Baltimore, and what's going on offensively is that they're actually not bad. They're not bad. They're they're, they're trying to score points. They're trying new things. Yeah, John Brown has completely changed th- that offense, and and it's it's because it's awesome because John Brown is awesome. Yeah, but but like he's completely changed things for that offense, Uh-oh. and and it's it's really good to see. Uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, by the way, can we just address real quick the fact that it it looks like. Probably is not true, but it looks like the Ravens are trying to kill Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think they might be. Well, I mean, do they? I mean, is Joe Flacco drawing up plays so that Lamar never takes his starting job? Like, let's Has have him be. go head first into into the linebackers yeah. with no blocking, or or Flacco will throw him a hospital ball on the sidelines that completely opens up his you know rip cage to to a, a wrecking by a cornerback. Yeah, like we talk about these these offensive-minded coaches like Sean McVay and Andy Reid and how awesome that they've been implementing their offenses and stuff. And then you get, wow, right? I hope you guys heard the ice cream truck there. But <laughs> but right, you know, at the same time, you get you get offensive coordinators and teams who were 
just overthinking things. And and by that, I mean taking Drew Brees out of the freaking game oh or taking, taking Flacco out of the game for your future quarterback, Lamar Jackson, just so he can be bulldozed by a 300-pound linebacker. Like, what, what, what are you doing? For a three-yard gain. For, you for, it's always a three-yard gain, too. There's nothing creative about you, it. You couldn't let Buck Allen take that hit. My God, right. Pr- protect Lamar. Right. Buck Allen, the RB1 for, for Baltimore. Oh, God. Uh, all right, tight ends, Denny. Why don't you start things off? Yeah. Why don't, you da- why don't you dance to a tight end? I'm dancing, dancing. All right, Nick. Uh, Nick Vanette, Vanet. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows how to say it. Uh, uh, so he's uh, the 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 tight end for Seattle. Uh, they're playing the Rams this week. Um, so through four weeks, he's only played 50% of Seattle snaps, which makes sense because he was in a timeshare with Will Disley. Uh, the great Will Disley, and who did you know? Disley is now out. Um, uh, so over the last four weeks, Disley has seen 13 targets, uh, and Vanette saw uh, 12. I'm sorry, that's over the first three games of the season because I didn't count last week since then since Disley. Things were weird. Disley, right? Disley went down. So um, it was 13 to 12 in targets uh, over the first three three weeks. Um, and, and the Rams and, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, before week one that you liked Jared cook against the Rams because you, you felt like the Rams would turn into a team, uh, that's susceptible to tight ends, or at least the ball's going to the tight end because sure. the, the outside, the corners are, are tough. So, um, I know that the Rams have some injuries on the corner, yeah, but it's still, I mean, Peter's played last week, so. Right. But, uh, but it, it has held up. So the Rams have not given up a tight end touchdown yet. And, and they're still among the most generous teams as far as fantasy points go to, to tight ends. Um, they've given up at least four, uh, four tight end receptions in every game this year. Um, only three teams give up more tight end receptions than the Rams. Uh, and this game, you know, we, we like to, when we can, it's not always possible, but when we can, we like to attach uh, a, a streaming option, a streaming tight end to a, uh, a high scoring game and this one has a 50 point over under um so i think that the the process is there for nick vanette yeah i agree with you i i think that uh, a high floor guy that should be owned basically everywhere right now that uh, i i talked about a couple weeks ago and and it's slowly coming to fruition more and more is old McDonald, vance mcdonald uh <laughs> he's still unowned in a lot of leagues um i'm owned uh, everywhere though. Right. Um, but, 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 uh, McDonald, we, we saw, we, we officially saw the separation between him and Jesse James this past week. So, you know, I, I, we, we talked about it on this podcast two weeks ago. Was it two weeks? Yeah. Against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, McDonald, uh, and Jesse James played the same number or ran about the same number of routes. Vance McDonald actually ran one more in week two. And then we saw a little bit more separation in week three when Vance McDonald uh, ended Chris Conti's season. And then uh, in, in week four this past week, McDonald was the number one tight end, number one pass catching tight end for Pittsburgh. He ran 32 routes versus Jesse James 11. And it makes sense. I mean, if you watch Jesse James and if you watch Vance McDonald, you realize that Vance McDonald is a far superior athlete and pass catcher than Jesse James is. So Vance McDonald should be owned uh, in your league so pick him up if he's not. Um, and he has a, a decent matchup this week in a game that, that could just, I mean, there could be 70 points scored in that game. Right. Uh, own, own Vance McDonald so that you don't get owned like Chris Conti. That's right. That, that's, that should be our new terrible motto. All right. So, uh, the, the second tight end I wanted to mention was the subject of my ridiculously and again, needlessly preseason hot take. Austin Safarian Jenkins. Yes. I said something absolutely ludicrous, like he'd be a top five tight end or something. It's a long season. That's all I'm saying. So uh, he's out there in 93% of leagues. Um, He has seen, now on the bright side, ASJ has seen five targets in every game this season, and he's playing 85% of Jacksonville's offensive snaps. See, you people have intimidated me into not saying Jaguars because because of the way I, I pronounce it. I don't I say know. The, I say it the same way. And so I'm going strictly with Jacksonville from yeah, now on. Yeah, just call him Jax. Jack. No, I don't want to. I don't want to do. I don't want to upset. <laughs> I don't want to upset Jags Twitter. I, I can't. I can't deal with that. Um, they're always so mad. Um, uh, 
So uh, he's playing 85% of the team snaps. Um, uh, so only, ooh, oh, I messed up my notes here. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, only a couple teams give up more tight end receptions than the Chiefs. Uh, who gave up, you know, on Monday night, they gave up five receptions for 75 yards to whoever is playing tight end for Denver. <laughs> you know, uh, quite, quite the dad runner in, in uh, Hireman. Yeah, Hireman, rather. Uh, so Hireman, the dad runner, and then this guy, Lacrosse, whatever his name is. <laughs> um, uh, and so, and this, this game, this Jacksonville, Kansas City game, has a uh, 48 and a half point over under. So, again, if you can. You know, if you can find a, a tight end who's in a potentially high-scoring game, I, I think you do it. Uh, all right, the last guy is a deeper play, a tight end, uh, much deeper than the other ones. It's CJ Uzama. I, okay. I looked up the correct pronunciation to make sure, even though I've heard it so many times. It's one of those names that you hear so many times on broadcasts and stuff, and you still don't know how to say it. Yeah. Um, but Uzama, the matchup is there. The Dolphins have allowed 11.2 yards per play to the middle of the field this year, which is one of the highest rates in the league. Um, I do think that Tyler Boyd is probably going to eat. Um, by the way, can we talk about how the Bengals have so many Tylers in their offense? What What is going on? Tyler Croft, Eifert, and and Boyd. Boyd. They they only draft Tylers. What is this? I, is this? Do you think this is part of an algorithm that they have? It like, must. is this the is this the analytics hitting? And my, I think it is when the when the analytics hit. It's just it's it's team Tyler. <laughs> uh, but Uzama. So everyone's gonna be on Tyler Croft, and it seems like this at least just judging by you know what people have recommended and stuff. You know, I saw an, analysts. I'm not gonna call analysts out or anything, but I saw analysts say you know, go pick up Tyler Croft. You know, he's a decent streamer with Tyler Eifert out. And I, I get the logic because Tyler Croft was who stepped in and was was moderately decent uh, without Tyler Eifert last season. Um, but CJ Uzama uh, ran 29 routes in week four and Tyler Croft ran four. Mm. So the evidence is not there that Tyler Croft is going to be, you know, the, the pass catching tight end in the offense. Maybe he is, you know, anything can happen because we have a super small sample where Tyler Eifert, uh, lost his ankle. That was one of the most gruesome injuries I've ever seen. Oh, um, man. Yeah. It was so gross. Uh, and I hope I hope Tyler Eifert gets better and recovers. Um, but, you know, it's it's an in-game adjustment, so you don't know exactly how things are going to be, are, are going to um, work out. But I do think that just given the evidence that Uzama would be the, the guy that, that you would want over Tyler Croft. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't ignore that sort of uh, uh, separation in in, yeah, in, in routes run. That's that's enormous. Yeah, you you can't play Tyler Croft after after he ran four routes. I I don't I don't think you can. I, I, I mean, you barely can play C.J. Uzama, but right. Yes. Uh, all right. So to recap, we have C.J. Uzama, Vance McDonald, uh, Vanette, and then A.S.J. at quarterback. We have Carr, Flacco, and Bortles, and at defense we have the Titans and the Jets. All right. Denny, let's go to Twitter. The first question, this is from at Game of Reindeers. It says, why is Mitch Trubisky the best quarterback in the NFC North now, and is Aaron Rodgers just a streamer? <laughs> I mean, we, we talked about how we, we were owned. I told my dad, I was like, you know, JJ and I talked about how the on the pod, like openly we said the Bears would be a top-flight team if they had anybody else at quarterback. Yeah. And he was like, oh, man, you got, you guys have to end the show. You guys can never go on again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Trubisky's he's not going to come close to doing that again. No, he stinks. I I stand by it. Please please take that that clip that I just said uh and and put it all over Twitter when he throws for for five touchdowns after this bye week. Hey, that's not happening. Uh next question at Eric Belair. Is there any greater dad feeling than perfectly nailing a parallel park on the first try? Oh, that is a good feeling, isn't it? Dude, I so I I went to Pitt. I graduated from the University of Pittsburgh and Oakland, which is the town that that Pitt is in, it's you know it's a couple miles outside of of downtown Pittsburgh. Um, the the parking situation is is a disaster, right? Like like it's urban, and so like you would expect that, but mm-hmm. there there aren't. I mean, the, it's all street parking, and it's just like people fit cars into places where you just you have no idea how that can happen. Yeah, so, same with DC. Yeah, so I got really good. Like I'm a beast parallel. I, that's one thing. Uh, I think someone said, what, what was the question last week of like, or maybe a couple of weeks ago, something along the lines of like what we, not what we mastered. I mean, it was a, uh, what we're really good at, right? Yeah. Something along those lines, but like parallel parking, like come at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't come at me with parallel parking because I'm quite bad at it. Are I, you? Admittedly. So I, 
you I can have a lot of room to work and I can even have one of those the the, the our our minivan has a camera. Yeah, know, so it, so does our SUV, it, yeah. And the back, it doesn't help me. It just, it just confuses me. I'd rather not have the camera. Um uh and uh so it it usually takes me more than one attempt to parallel park. Here's something I really like watching though, if you're at a shopping center or whatever, it is to see someone pull pull in perfectly absolutely nail the the parallel parking job and then just for reasons unknown just go back and forth and back <laughs> and forth with no adjustment they're not turning the wheel at all they're just going back and forth back and forth back and forth and, and, and until until you know they go back and forth 15 times and then they stop dude you just wasted your you know you wasted 5 minutes just going back and forth so my here in suburbia uh, they built those like new shopping centers where like, you know, it's like a hybrid parking lot and then some yeah. parallel parking spots. And, but the parallel parking spots are like the size of my house. Like if you, like if you can't parallel park <laughs> in this spot, you need to lose your driver's license. Like right. it's, and, 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 and it's good. I, well, I was just going to say like whenever I pull in, I always, cause I'm so used to just being like bumper to bumper with the car in front of me. Right. Like that's, that's like, it's just what I'm, so I'm always like. Like, and I'm judging like how close I am based on like the, the front because the back, mm-hmm. I'm just assuming I, I parked it and there's a car back there, but then I get out and I'm like, wow, I have like 18 feet of space behind me because these spots are so yeah. freaking big. I'm, I'm always nervous about the, the car that's really banged up that has a bunch of dents and every, everything yeah, and, you know, yeah. messed up hood. When they start trying to parallel park, I'm like, oh no, they don't give a shit. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. 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 Watch uh, out. Hey, Bozo. This is a family-friendly show. I'm sorry. Uh, Apologies to the kids. This next question is from at Swervin Schwervin. As an owner of both Howards, how do I pay for my water bill? I haven't left my shower since since Sunday. I had had the hottest 15 transactions take that I'm probably going to have all season long. Okay. And it it was to buy Jordan Howard this week. That's warm. Yeah. Yeah, it was was So is that – I didn't get to read that yet. uh, Is that based on the fact that they just didn't play him in a blowout? My take on it is that – so Jordan Howard still played more snaps than Tariq Cohen. Okay. okay? Uh, The the fear, obviously, is that they blew up uh, and they were amazing offensively, so they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. But I think that it's really matchup-based. I mean, it's it's, it's rational coaching. Like, to – to use Tariq Cohen in a matchup against a funnel defense like we talked about earlier makes complete sense. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have a six touchdown, six passing touchdowns, which will regress. Like if you're going to score six touchdowns a game, they're not always going to be passing touchdowns. If they're going to be rushing touchdowns, Jordan Howard is the goal line back in that offense. So I, I still think that, you know, entering the week, he was seventh in rushing share and 20th in target share at running back. Like those are, those are good numbers when you combine the two. I still think that he's an RB2 moving forward. Come at me. All right. I, I, I would not come at you for that take. Yeah. I mean, look, RB2s are dumb. Like, they don't really matter that much. But I, I think that he at least can give you some sort of floor each week, more so than what we saw uh, this past week. Better than Kenyon Drake. Uh, this next question is from at Zach Couture. He says, Andrew Luck and Marcus Mariota on, are on my waiver wire. Who do I roll with rest of season? But then he had a follow-up that said 18 other quarterbacks are rostered in a 10-team league, so I don't know how these two are available. That is weird. So, I mean, rest of I, I think that you got to go Andrew Luck between the two of them. Yes, Bet- of course. Between him, him, him and Mariota. But I would also, I mean, I'd like to see that waiver wire because I, I think, and not only that, if 18 quarterbacks are rostered, you can still realistically stream. Yeah, I don't understand how. Why? Why is luck? What? What happened with luck? Where he's available? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he blew up this past weekend too. Next question from at Noah underscore Shore. Do you guys ever get recognized in public? No, not really. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> I think you're overestimating our our, our audience. Our, well, at least yeah. my my audience. My audience is uh, is is like is like 69 people online who buy my calendar every, every, uh, January. And I appreciate it. I, I love those people. Yeah. I mean, I, I get, I get noticed at conferences, but it's not like a, like, I mean, there's only been a few in a couple instances where like someone's like, Oh, are you JJ? But it's only because like they saw my name somewhere or something like that. No, wait a second. Didn't someone recognize you at a pharmacy? I was at a pharmacy and I did get rec- get recognized there. If you're listening, hello, pharmacist. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean like that, that, but it's not like I'm like, 
walking through Target and someone's like, oh, I listened to the late round podcast. I listened to Living the Stream. Like, that doesn't happen. Well, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, not, not until not until we get our big, big yeah. uh, um, sponsor for, for this show. And not, not until Natty Light starts uh, sponsoring right. the show. Hello, Natty Light. Right. Next one, at McCabe underscore Nick, if you had to tip off, if you had the tip of your pinky ripped off mid-podcast, how oh. quickly could you return to action? Did you see, so the reason he's asking this, did you see that long snapper Kevin McDermott from Minnesota I didn't. That the the tip of his pinky came off during the game. Why? How the hell did that happen? <laughs> he just got crushed so hard. What? Denny uh, would Denny would be out for three years. Uh, we, I would just have my whole arm chopped off. <laughs> and w- what's the point? What's the point of having an arm if you don't have the end of your pinky? Come on. Oh man, this next question at K of the world. I think we've talked about this like six or seven times on the show. What's your opinion on trade vetoes? I had a trade vetoed last week in a league of mine because a majority felt it wasn't fair. There was no collusion. An 0-3 team said yes without negotiation. For reference, it was my Gio Bernard and Landry for Antonio Brown and Standard. That's not even... I mean, look, that's not like a great trade, but like... Yeah, what's wrong with that? I mean... Guys, if you're in a league where people are vetoing, you need to leave that league. Right, yeah. Unless, Unless there's clear collusion. No, right, and there's no collusion. There's no collusion, and and you 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 really you need yes, it needs to be super super clear. Uh, there needs to be a, a special counsel set up to investigate it. It it all of that rarely needs to happen before before you you make a veto. Right. Next question at Troy likes stuff. What do you do with your shoes? Line them up under the bed. One of those worthless over the closet door racks. All of our family shoes go into a basket dubbed the shoe bin, where my shoes end up at the bottom. Unless I have a better option, wife says I'm stuck with the shoe bin. Yeah, you, you've been owned by by your Man, your wife and kids. I didn't I didn't know people put their shoes underneath their bed. Yeah, yeah, people do that. We we have a we have a little closet where we have a bunch of shelves, and it's 97% Melissa's shoes, but I have a, one little shelf where I put my my few pairs. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a top shelf in my closet where I put, like, you know, you have, like, your primary shoes and then your secondary shoes, like the, the mainstreaming options and then, you know, the, 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 right. deep, the deeper plays. Yeah. And, you know, if it's, a de- if it's a deeper play night where you're just trying to live on the edge a little bit, then you, I got to go in my closet and reach up for these, for these shoes. Yeah. But usually I just have a couple pairs, like, by our entranceway whenever you walk in from our garage, there's, like, a little, little cubby there. I, I, just didn't know, I didn't know people put it underneath their bed. Yeah, I think that's a thing. I, I, I too, have my go-to uh, shoes at, in, in a more uh, accessible position than the, the, than the, the streamers. Uh, and, you know, this, this all makes suburban life sound so exciting, I have to say. It's great, man. It's great. Uh, this next question, everyone needs to hold on to their butts because it made me, <laughs> it, it made me laugh out loud when I read it. All right, this is from at StayFunLocko. It says, I just got a new puppy for the kids. Should I pay the $200 for doggy training or use the money for a plane ticket to absolutely anywhere else? <laughs> oh, man. I, as a dog hater, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to your dog. But this is, a, this is your worst take I, that you hate I, dogs. I hate dogs so much. Uh, um, as a dog hater, I would just use the money. I would have to leave. I would have to leave. I, there's no possibility I would ever want to live with a freaking dog. And you would just go anywhere else. A, I mean, a, pl- a plane ticket to anywhere else. Absolutely I, anywhere else. I I would take a plane, t- I, you know, to Virginia. I don't know. I mean, just, just anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Next question at code names hubby Hubie Hubie, oh at code name Shuby that's what it is. I was given a two dollar bill as change at lunch just now. I'm shook. WTF do I do with it? Well, the the libs are rattled. Over Did you the know that those bills. were still in circulation? I didn't. I haven't seen one since my uh, late grandmother. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Got it for your birthday. Right? Used used to give me seriously like twenty of them for my birthday. <laughs> And she would be like, "Now you can't spend these." And I was like, "What the hell, Grandma?" If if anyone if anyone has an older aunt or grandma or something, and there's what what would you say the probability is that that they've gotten a two dollar bill for a holiday oh, or for a birthday? It's a, at least sixty nine percent. I'd say about sixty nine percent as well. Yeah. 
Uh, next one at Nick B nineteen. Getting back on the poop wiping method. Oh God! How in the world is wiping sitting down proper? I tried and quickly was disgusted. I've never had, <laughs> I've never had poo fall on me while standing up and wiping. What's wrong? What's going on with you? Like, are you that? Like, how do you? How how are you not able to to bend over just a little bit and wipe the bottom of your? Like, are your arms really short? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> You're doing it wrong, brother. Yeah, I don't think you're doing it properly. Oh. Man, I, I can't believe the uh, the conversation that that, that that conversation sparked on Twitter. And I also learned that it's it's not it's not quite a 50-50 split with the standing and sitting, but it's a lot closer than I would like to see. Well, people were, I mean, the, the, the standers, the standing truthers were <laughs> were infuriated that we that we thought that it was normal to sit on the toilet while you finish up it's it's crazy it's crazy i didn't even i couldn't even fathom stand i didn't even know that was even remotely a possibility i don't know the things that you learn when you when you uh have a podcast when you're online the next one at fantasy scorpion i am crazy to start nick oh am i it says i am (laughs) i am crazy to start (laughs) nick chubb Am I crazy to start Nick Chubb? Is there any chance that Hugh Jackson will be smart enough to use him? Um, no, he played three snaps. Yeah, no, he's not. I mean, he's he's definitely their best running back by far, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you got to wait until you until you yeah. see consistent usage. Yeah, they're not going to uh, use him. Next question at fake cousin underscore Josh. Will Denny bring back the sexy skeleton costume this year? We must know. I still have it. I do. And I can post a picture of me and uh, my estranged wife and our, our kid. We all dressed as skeletons uh, a few a couple years ago. But uh, but yes, for those who don't know, I dressed I, I bought a women's sexy skeleton outfit, a Halloween a costume a couple years ago and subsequently owned every liberal within 200 miles. This next question is from at Grizzly Blair. Hey, jabronis, it's King Matt. I sent out a tweet about Rodney Harrison on Sunday night, and it unexpectedly exploded. I don't know if you saw this, but I did. But, but, but King Matt uh, had a lot of, of retweets on that tweet. I've been inundated with replies since. My question, what do you guys do when your tweets explode and you are met with nonstop responses? I I definitely don't take it seriously, and if it's mostly negative, uh, then I like to use the um, either high haters gif uh, um, or the um, the the you mad uh, yeah. like like that that guy who was on the Bill O'Reilly show a few years ago, and he was like you mad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's a threshold where you know there's there like like. If there's a tweet that does fairly well, but it hasn't, you know, it's not blow up status per se. Maybe it's yeah. got like 500 retweets or something. Then, or maybe like 300 or 400. Then, like you, you're almost compelled to respond a little bit more, and like you, you feel, you feel a little bit of of anger towards the negativity that comes your way. But once it gets into this like crazy, crazy tier of of yeah. of comments and and these people with just these insane Twitter accounts that you didn't even know existed or could exist start responding to you. That's whenever you, you got to just reply with gifts. Yes, de- definitely. I, I refuse uh, to let these people it, When I occasionally have a, a retweet that, as I say, goes JJ and gets 500 retweets. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 of course I, I don't delete the ones that don't get 500 retweets like you. <laughs> Um, but I, I refuse to take it seriously. I will respond with gifts and then I'll log off. This last question is a good one. It's from at the rad carpet, our buddy, Tom, let's say you are only allowed two choices for your fantasy team name. All right. Here are the two choices. Which one would you choose? Denny? would you choose Gronk goes the weasel or sex with grandma? (laughs) (laughs) Sex with grandma. Is that what you said? Yeah, I mean you I'm 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 leaning toward the Gronk one. I'm not I'm not I'm not. What? I, because anything that's punny and involves a player's last name and a team name, it's it's off limits. Yes, yes, you know what else is off limits? Sex with grandma. I'm going sex with grandma. This is 
ludicrous. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. I can't believe I'm doing a podcast with someone who would choose that name over Gronko's the Weasel. I mean, at least Gronko's the Weasel, you're just probably a douchebag. But but with that one, you could be utterly insane. I, I, I can't. I cannot go with a punny name. It's 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 they're awful. All of them are t- people. People were upset on Twitter when Eifert went down because they had that stupid I fart. You know, like it, it hurts when Eifert or something like oh, that. Oh I don't I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why it would be hurting when you're farting, but right. I mean, it sounds like a serious medical condition that you probably <laughs> right. shouldn't make fun of, honestly. And secondly. Uh, it makes my the eye, it makes my eyes roll back so hard it actually I feel pain right. and I feel like my eyes are about to just permanently roll back and I'm just gonna stare at my brain every time I see the eye farted thing. Oh my right. god! Right, and there there are no sunglasses for that either. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my god. Uh, but that's the last question. We're gonna end it with sex with grandma, Denny. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you at? God, this show is a disaster. Uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> at cd carter 13 on the twitter um my uh kicker column is available on the official lts patreon page which is patreon.com slash living the stream you said kicker column like it's one word and it remind it reminded me on the lay round podcast i made the mistake where <laughs> i i could not when i was recording it i could not say alex collins just only his last name so every time I brought him up, I would say, instead of just saying Collins, I would say Alex Collins. And <laughs> so, so over and over again, it was Alex Collins, Alex Collins, Alex, over and over and over again. And I was, I was just like, you know what? This is, this is, this is what it's going to be. F it. Yeah. But that is on the Late Round podcast, which you can find anywhere podcasts are found. It's my other podcast. Uh, all my work is over on numberfire.com. Uh, 15 transactions went out today. And then I'll have the report, another column out tomorrow. Uh, Denny, let's, let's kick some behind here in week five. Yes. For the, for the kids. This is for the kids. Oh, I, I, and enjoy the tilt montage, everybody. Yes. Enjoy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Four twenty-two PM Eastern time, obviously, as it's the only legitimate time zone and I was reminded today, this afternoon, during a family event, uh, of what it's like to watch football with people who judge quarterbacks strictly on the number of Super Bowls they have. So we were watching some of the Titans-Eagles game today, and Mariota hit a couple big early passes. I, I didn't say anything, but... Somebody else was like, oh, you know, still waiting for Mariota to piece it together. I think he has what it takes. You know, like, sounded like an ESPN anchor or whatever. And uh, and then uh, someone says, uh, how many Super Bowls does he have? And I was like, what, is that? what does that have to do with anything? Like, Eli Manning has two Super Bowls. Super Bowls are meaningless. Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl. Nick Foles has a Super Bowl. And I realized that my my stance on Super Bowls is that Super Bowls don't matter, which is a hell of a thing to say, and definitely something that I will regret because I was absolutely destroyed for it. Oh, hey, look at Baker Mayfield just threw a pick six and has been a total disaster in his first start against one of the worst defenses in the league, so... That's working out. Oh, okay, okay. So, and then Mike Davis scores for Seattle. So I guess Chris Carson is dead. I guess he had a good run. Okay, pick from Philip Rivers, who I played literally everywhere in DFS. Okay, so now the 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 whole good game script Sturgis Chargers D thing is that's all blown blown to shit. Good. Oh man, I forgot. I forgot what it's like. For everything bad to happen at once. It's a refreshing reminder that uh, existence is is pain. And the simulation has no mercy on any of us. Oh, and of course this is obviously the week that uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky decides to absolutely lose his mind.
and throw for 69 touchdowns. Uh, right after JJ and I agreed that he was a bottom, bottom tier quarterback, uh, who was the only thing holding back the Bears from being like a legit, really good team. Uh, so my theory, my theory, and and you know, many people are saying this: the Bucks are bad. That's my my theory. Is that the Bucks are just bad, but. Apparently, a uh, horrendous game script does not mean that Mike Evans sees targets because Mike Evans did nothing today in catch-up mode for the entire game. So, that you know, that's encouraging and not tilting at all. God, I hate everything. The Browns had uh, third and goal at the one-inch line. They had Mayfield uh, in... Shotgun, and they try some sort of double fake reverse, which is which really makes a lot of sense right next right next to the goal line where there's no room to operate. Really, you know, you know what would have been a terrible call, a quarterback sneak. Just a quarterback sneak. I'm tilting. 5.07 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone, and I just want to, just a quick shout out to Caleb Sturgis, who uh, is obviously a faithful reader of my weekly kicker column, available on the Living the Stream Patreon page, for those interested. Uh, obviously, you'll be more interested when you learn that Sturgis was deemed a great play, not a good play, but a great play uh, by me. Uh, in my drunken stupor while I write my kicker column on Tuesday mornings. So, um, and uh, he, he has missed a field goal and, and an extra point in the first quarter of, the, of today's game against the Niners. So despite game script turning against him violently in the first quarter, he has had opportunity and has totally and completely destroyed me. But the process was there. I will, my, my corpse will just be repeating the process, the process, the process, the process, the process, when Caleb Sturgis eventually ends my life from tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out